0: It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Louten come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to a special NBL Cup edition of the Pikey and Lout Show. We're Talking Taipans and there's plenty to discuss around the Cairns Taipans in the NBL. They've already played their first two games now. In Melbourne for the NBL Cup, playing some good basketball too, but there's some mixed news with some injury news thrown in there as well, but as we record this, we've got two more games upcoming over the next few days to look forward to, and there's plenty to break down. We'll have a special guest on this week's show as well, so let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, one half of the show, but the Taipan's legend himself, Alex Loudon, how do we find you this week?
1: Hey, good day, Chris. Uh, Really good mate. Uh, Excited to see these games starting to roll through with the NBL Cup and uh, obviously with all that unsettlement around, will fans be able to get there, will they not? Uh, It's great to see that um, they're able to to get some punters into the stands and enjoy uh, the contest coming in thick and hard and um the the highlights that we've seen coming out of the NBL Cup so far are uh just been uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Some of the top ten plays uh just been pretty, pretty fun to watch. So uh for the Taipans, of course, you uh you mentioned uh that Majok Dang injury, which is really really bad news. Uh unlucky for the Taipans. But um a couple of games starting to move in the right direction, starting to play winning basketball not quite getting over the line for one of them but we're seeing some good progression this episode of the pikey and laos show is proudly brought to you by cairns total physio less pain more life and Staten's plumbing company plumbers who care
0: i think so i think they're now playing the type of basketball we expected to see from this type ends. Team, we've seen Scott Machado really take ownership of the team as well. But we've seen other guys step up. Jordan Nato is stepping up to play the best yep. basketball of his NBL career. Moko yep. Jerick's now come back, and he's you know hasn't missed a beat since since his comeback. He's hungry, quite annoyed. Just had just had his career best night. Cam Oliver still playing some good basketball. So there's there's a lot to like. And as you said, a really impressive comeback win against the Illawarra Hawks. That, that was a really impressive performance. And then had their chances against Melbourne United. It was only the last couple of minutes where. Melbourne really got on top and, and that's the best team in the competition right now So there was a lot to like from the first two games To go one-on-one against the teams that have been the top two teams so far this season I don't think it was too bad of a, of a result overall and, and you're right, there's been plenty of excitement in the NBL Cup overall What have you made of, of those, I guess, the, the first eight games in four days And now we've already seen the start of the second week With a couple of pretty exciting games to open the second week too
1: Well, I think the players are getting into a bit of a groove. They're getting into that routine of playing every other day. And they're, they're really, uh, you know. They, they, this is the, their only chance in the day to really uh, run around, and this is the, this should yeah. be the highlight of their day because there's nothing else they can do <laughs> outside of the games. <laughs> this is it. So you can see them actually uh, enjoying themselves a bit um, when they were able to get up and down the floor and throw down some dunks and kind of get themselves going. It's this is this is the highlight of the, of their day to, to be able to pump their own tires with uh, some good play. Um, it's it's really crucial. But uh, look for the for the pans, I, I think. Um, um, they got a bit of the monkey off their back with a win against the Hawks. You know, you, you look at those first two games against the Hawks and you kind of go like, ooh, like, how, yeah, but, how is yeah, two, this? Two 20-point losses, basically. Oh, it, you know, it's a big hole to, to claw back. Um, but, uh, you know, but winning the way they did, I mean, 119 to 109, it's, uh, it's a the monster effort. And I, and I think it might mm-hmm. have even surprised Coach Gorgon. You know, they were scrambling as well. They had... They seem to be throwing junk defences at the Taipans those first couple of games, and even though they weren't polished junk defences, they still put the Taipans on the back foot. Now um, the Taipans have have had a bit of uh, momentum a bit of a few few runs on the board and and they were um, they were they were cooking and uh, the balance is right with the threes and the free throw line attempts before we were seeing you know over 10 more three-point attempts against their opponent and basically maybe nine or ten free throw um, attempts by getting to the stripe now they've brought those three-point attempts way back and now the free throw Um, you know causing the ref to make a decision they're getting to the the line um, at least uh, that 19 or 20 times so they're you know shooting more from that free throw line than their opponent and they're also shooting less threes than their opponents that's a big switch in the balance and I think that's more of a winning formula but in my book
0: yeah I think you're exactly right and they just seem to have found that spark as well if I look at the Hawks game on the Saturday, I mean the, the Hawks were. They, I mean they're a good team. They've got a lot of firepower, so it was no surprise to find and they're cooking. Down. They've been
1: cooking. They've yeah. they, they, they <laughs> got that, every yeah. every reason to be full of full of confidence and in going into that game. Even up even when they were up in that game, you could tell that they were just had a bit of swagger about them. Oh man, we yeah. got this again. But then, but then, yeah. Like, what did you see? How did you see the Taipans turn it around in that that Hawks that moment?
0: Yeah, there was a moment midway through the third quarter. So the Hawks were, were still up, just about double double figures, but then. We've seen the coach's challenge introduced for the first time in the NBL during this NBL Cup. So the coach gets to challenge one referee's call. He has to blow a timeout to do it. So you do need to make sure you're pretty sure that you've got it right. But they were able to get, get it right. So Mike Kelly got the call right. And they are able to reverse the possession. And from a result, Mirko Jeric went down and hit a three. Yep. On the back of that, then Scott Machado just caught fire, hit three threes in about a minute. And all of a sudden, the Taipan were right back in the game and, and really, throughout the last quarter, they outplayed the Hawks and Got the ran away up. with it. But it, I think it was all during that timeout, I think the Taipans decided to take a stand. I think Scotty actually led the, yep. led the discussion where they looked each other in the eye and he, he talked about a post-match where he likes how vocal the group is in practice and how they hold each other to account and how they challenge each other to make sure they're doing the right thing. But during games, they don't always do it. But he yep. noticed during this game, they made a stand to do that during that third quarter. And it was in that timeout, which just happened to be the one that Mike used for the coaches challenge where the all that all that seemed to happen and after that, um, they played some winning basketball.
1: Well emotions were high. The coach got the got the call in their favor, they could feel that momentum switch and mm. Machado just, just he made an exclamation mark, didn't he? He, he made that the point oh. to drive home to the players. This is our moment. This is our time. And then got the you know he he's got the cloud. He's got the platform. And the players were ready to buy in. And they they'd had enough. You know they'd had enough of an up and down sort of start to the season where their expectations weren't met. And that was the moment. I, I do I agree with you a hundred percent that they made a collective decision that things were things were going to change. Um, and they were all in on this. That that's the thing. They were all in from that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you you get to the end of the game and you you've you've had a, a really impressive win, but then you've got so many guys stepping up. I mean, Machado was unbelievable, and his numbers back it up: thirty-one points and eight eight rebounds, seven assists. But he had so much help. Mirko Jarek playing his first game back: sixteen points and six assists. Jordan Artai, the best of his career, just about hit five threes, seventeen points. Majuk, Majuk Deng unfortunately gets hurt in the next game against Melbourne, but he put up. 13 points and 7 rebounds. And again, for the second time in a row, we talked about this in the win before the NBL Cup. Cam Oliver didn't have to do everything, so he still contributed strongly, 13 points and 10 rebounds. Yeah, I mean, to me, the key was that Scotty played fantastic, but he had a lot of others coming along for the ride
1: too. Well, specifically, I mean, when we talk about that that makeup of how they're scoring... Uh, and getting to the free throw line, so they were 15 of 19 from the free throw line, mm. uh, and the Hawks got their nine. They were nine of 10 from the free throw line. So, so which team is the aggressor? Which team is forcing the referees to make a decision to make a call? It's the Taipans that that yep. win that battle there, and by a by by nine points. Like this is this is an 80 uh, percent shooting sort of position on the floor, free throws. Mm. Um, guaranteed pretty much 80% based on all the numbers that um, you know the, the clubs putting up so they shot 78% for that game but in general you know around 80, 80% is a good clip and that's sort of a, a good team goal um three pointers so 16 of uh, sorry 18 of 35 18 of 35 attempts which is still an impressive clip 51% but the hawks were uh 16 of 37 so the taipan shot less than than the mm. horse by, by two shots less now 16 of 37 is 43 percent to the taipan 51%. but in previous games we were seeing 40 attempts to 30 attempts from three to their yeah. to their opponents and at a not a great percentage they were they were sort of settling and then that was coupled with the the 10 free throw attempts so we're seeing basically double the free throw attempts now and they've reduced the number of threes uh, attempted. So Basically, I think that's the, that's the big numbers, and everyone's buying in, aren't they? Everyone's, I mean, you said Jordan Antai had a had a great game. He played 30 minutes, 17 points. That's a huge contribution, and Jarek coming back into the mix, getting 16 off the bench, so you got a total of 23 points coming from the bench. That's huge. I mean, we're, we're hoping for around that 25-point mark. That'll put you in Final Four contention and strong postseason uh, presence, uh, and that's been lacking a bit too. Points off the bench or contributions from the bench. It's not always points. Um, you know, it's second second effort plays. Uh, oh. so, you know, hustle plays. Um, but but contributions in general. I guess the easiest way to look at it is is that chipping in on the uh, on the points column. So twenty three points off the bench uh, and those those three point sort of uh, selections and then getting oh. to the free throw line uh, was huge. So I and I, I think the Hawks. It was. Um, you know, it could have it could have easily gone the other way, where they were comfortable going down the stretch, thinking, "Oh, here's another, here's another, you know, twenty point win for to, to us if we keep pushing here." Well, they they were on the back foot finally, and I, I think the Taipans did a great job just just turning that tide uh, in their favour, and a great way to start the uh, the NBL Cup.
0: Now, Laoz, I've got to ask you: Have you ever gone zero to fifteen in a game like Deng did for, for the Hawks in, in that game?
1: Look, it's, it's uh, yeah, no, I haven't, no, I, I haven't, but you know what, the, the shooter's mentality is, oh, next one's good, next one's good, yep. next one's good, so 0 for 10 from 2, 0 from 5 for 3, the next one's good, right, the next one's good, we'll have to check the stats on what, what the next game was, but, um, you know. I think he played, he's a, he
0: played okay the next game and hit, hit a few threes, yeah.
1: Sometimes you can you can just be off, so it's it's probably once in a blooming. But he's certainly uh, proven on various games that that he's more than capable of uh well, he's of bringing. The NBA, yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Now, how important was this win? Because I thought these first two games are probably the t- toughest two games that the Titans are going to face during the NBA Cup against the Hawks and United. So I thought, obviously, you aim for two wins, but I thought realistically going one and one from These first two games would be a good result. So, how important was getting this win to take some of the pressure off to make the game against Melbourne not a must win game? Because if you went two and eight, it's probably no coming back. But suddenly, being a, being at three and six or three and seven, um, it's not too bad. And considering the six game losing streak,
1: well, they, we know that did go on, we know the NBL Cup's going to make and break every single team. So, you, you mm. either come out on top, I think there'll be a big divide, those teams that actually make it through. Um, are going to sort of keep on sailing after this NBL Cup. The teams that are breaking, basically, the ones that ends up at the tail end, I think it's going to be hard for them to, to come back um, into the fold, into that top four contention. So uh, it was a huge weekend for, for the type ends. And to get that first win, uh, certainly certainly a huge thing. Um, but yeah, splitting splitting the, the the two hardest games or the first two games of the NBL Cup, um, I, I think would be would is the bare bones uh of 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 being as satisfied with that kind of weekend. Obviously yeah dropping two would have been a disaster. Uh, and I thought the way they played that Melbourne United game uh was was pretty admirable and I think they they possibly should have got it. Um they just uh unable to hold on there. But um you know the, it's a two tough opponents and I think Melbourne Starting to to uh, lose a bit of wind in their sails as well because uh they had their their loss their their first loss as well um and yeah. Uh, yeah you know so it's I think everyone's you know the the lower teams are stepping up and the, the top the the higher ranked teams are starting to uh, show a few cracks, uh so it's kind of uh anyone can sort of beat anyone on on the night.
0: Yeah, so so let's go to that Melbourne game because it was a it was a really good performance in so many ways from from the Taipans, and you have a look at, you know, halfway through the, the second quarter, they're up almost almost double figures. They're still seven points up by three-quarter time. I mean, by half-time, sorry, and still still leading, you know, for the whole third, third quarter. And still in front during the fourth quarter as well, but things just dried up a little bit in the last five minutes. What, what did you see that sort of was a difference? Because up until then, um, they probably outplayed Melbourne for most of that game.
1: Yeah, look, I mean I, I think the, the uh the makeup of how they were were scoring was was right once again. Um, you know, the the contributions off the bench just down a little bit. Uh and and with with Den going down, I, I feel like that was uh, just such a huge uh a huge loss for the for the lads as uh you know, he's been quite active getting to the free throw line and just been a handy presence. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's just been able to chip in and just take the pressure off uh, a lot of those moments, but um, look, I think that you know, you know, second game within a couple of days. Jordan Natai not as uh, effective in, in that one, but but still, yeah. uh, you know, still warranted that starting five uh, lineup, and um, you know, 16 minutes for the game. But uh, yeah, they just need they just needed a little bit more from. Uh, or from across the board, really, but, but especially from the bench, you know, probably too much pressure on those starters to to get it done, and uh, they, they nearly did, but, yeah, just just the wheels fall off a little bit there as, as Melbourne sort of stormed home.
0: I don't like doing this, but in the in the game against the Hawks, Nartoi and Jerick went for 33 points between them, and they shot the ball great. Against Melbourne, they only combined for seven points and shot one of seven, or, sorry, two of seven between them, and, and they had seven turnovers, so... The difference in their output from game to game was pretty significant.
1: Well, I think the, the goal that you want for turnovers for a team um, is, is around the 13 mark. If you're really slowing the pace down, you'd probably set your turnover limit at 11 turnovers for the game. So I think with the faster pace and the uh, propensity to score you know, in the 90s or 100s, you probably allow yourself thirteen turnovers. So you know, fourteen turnovers are probably just a bit careless with the ball, and that, that's going to cost them uh, dearly. I think um, compared to uh, Melbourne United's, um, uh, well, I mean they had fifteen, as well. <laughs> they had fifteen too. Mm. So they're not going to be happy with that. But um, look, I think you're going to have bad shooting nights sometimes. It's, it's what else do you do? What else are you bringing if you're not shooting well? I mean, those two guys are shooters. That their, their job is to shoot the ball. At close to forty percent, that that's their role. So if they're not hitting those, um, then they do have to make sure that they're getting to the glass, uh, that they they're getting all those hustle players and things that are still providing a, a contribution. So, look, I mean, N goes hot for one game. Um, sometimes you're going to have those quiet games you hope you hope that you don't um but uh but for both of them to go quiet it's probably a more of a rare kind of situation like the there's a lower chance of that happening but you know these other guys are going to have to sort of step up or they're going to they're going to have to find ways to grind out a win uh when it, when the going gets a bit tough
0: so summing up how do you how do you look back on this first week at the nbl cup for the for the taipans and what have you made of the of the tournament overall, do you like it? Do you like that every club's now playing in Melbourne? You know, during this time, and do you like the format change? Obviously, we're playing for points. Every quarter counts with a with a point. You know, there's the coaches challenge. Well, what do, what do you think, Laoz?
1: Well, a few people have mentioned it's a bit of a bugbear of theirs to, uh, you know, uh, with this points per quarter thing. I mean, this is a this is a system that was used in the pre-seasons, uh, you know, that's gone by where you make it just a bit more interesting by having, yeah. you know, this point system per quarter. Um, one of the bugbears that this uh, conversation that I had was that they, they said, oh, look, are the teams going to overplay someone just to win the quarter, you know, like you know, a bit of load management. Are they going to go in the wrong direction and play a guy into an injury because they're trying to win the quarter? And I, and I just, I said, no, nah, no, nah, there's no way that the teams are caring about the points per quarter thing at the expense of a player injury. I mean, there mm. is $300,000 at the end of this thing, right? Like maybe mm. maybe the last two games, it's a bit of that if it's if it's close. But yeah. in terms of the actual points in all these games, per quarter, like like winning the quarter, um, as in uh, but f- to get the cup points, I-, I don't think the teams are really worried about that at all. The-, the biggest thing is the win because they're focused on the bigger picture for sure. Now, maybe, like I said, the last two games they might start go. well, hang on a minute. We're only a point away from 300 K and I can see, uh, the Taipan CEO go, hang on boys. <laughs> You're only a couple of points away from the 300 K. Mm. Um, you know, let's, let's get that for our, for the club. Um, so look, uh, the competition as a, as a whole, um, fans can't really get to the every single game and, and enjoy every single game. Like it's, you know, they're always too close together to really get excited and get get the stadium yeah. filled every single game. Like it's pretty tough. But at the same time, I I do tip my hat to the league for trying something innovative. Uh, and getting a deal done with Victoria government obviously a lot of dollars at stake mm. that uh, they're trying to recuperate from a really tough year so I think a little bit of consideration for their effort in that regard uh, is is uh, certainly in order um, so yeah I think I think the, the players you know they're, they're probably struggling a bit mentally without that life balance so that's kind of tough like I, I do feel for these players with families and partners and kids and and things like that, like it would it'd be really tough, um, you know, tough going. And we've seen, you know, a couple of players, um, or I mean one, one player in particular with Rob Lowe heading back to New Zealand. Yeah. Like we don't know the the situation around that, but I know he does have a partner and a child uh, you know, a newborn child yeah. um yeah. that uh, you know, he was he was there for the birth and then, you know, six days later I think he was off to uh, australia with the team and hasn't been back since Mm. so once again we don't know the details around why he's gone back but he's uh, you know we we just
0: can't imagine what that's like i mean it's not like they're going off on a week-long road trip that was two and a half months ago and he hasn't seen his his baby since You're, you're you're a dad you were never away from your kids that long were you
1: well, you go away for a week and enjoy the rest. <laughs> be be in bed by 8.30, getting the best sleep ever. Like, come on, bring on another road trip. But, you know, the balance was you'd come home again and then, yeah, exactly. um, you know, reconnect. But there's there's no chance to, you know, have that balance. And it's going to really wear on these guys pretty quick. Um, but yeah. So the, the only exciting part of the day really is the game. <laughs> so, I mean, for these players, you know, they're really, really hanging on um by you know uh the the excitement and the adrenaline of these two hours that that they can fulfill their day and um you know it's tough and it's tough on everyone i think so the, you know whoever wins the championship this year uh it's really going to be hard earned like uh there's no two ways about it whoever wins this one uh it's i'm going to tip my hat to them that's for sure
0: absolutely um now we've got an update on our MVP tracker as well now thanks to Yep. Cairns, total physio. Two big games in the NBL Cup, obviously. And, and it was Tim Locock who gave us gave us the votes this week. And let me know your thoughts. So against the Hawks, he's gone Jordan Nartai, the one vote. Two votes, Moko Jarek. And with three votes, Scott Machado. And against Melbourne United, the one vote for Scott Machado. Two votes, Cam Oliver. Three votes, Coat Noy. Happy with that?
1: Yeah, I think uh I think it's uh, well deserved. Um you know throw throw Nato in the mix uh, absolutely for that Hawks game. Just great to to see his contributions come through. I Like that um there's some different names coming in at that three votes. Mm. Um you know Noy for that Melbourne United game. Uh great to see him really step up um and uh, bring the juice and and earn those yeah. uh in the in those vo- votes. So uh I think I think we'll get a pretty good picture as this season rolls on. Who are those extra contributors? I mean we probably know it's a two horse race for the club MVP between Oliver and Machado as you would sort of expect, but I'm really curious mm. to see these other players step up and and who who from the the club starts to uh, you know really get the nod from uh, from our cans total physio. Uh, guys on on the ground there and Tim Locock obviously in the bubble with the with the lads yeah. uh, for the full three weeks and then um, you know able to, to come home as well so uh, yeah it's not only the players in the in the bubble uh, amongst all that um, you know hard hard action uh, where uh, there's a bit of life balance missing it's also the the the, the support staff and the coaches uh, but yeah we certainly uh, certainly do appreciate everyone's uh, efforts in there in particular Cairns Total Physio.
0: Leads us nicely into the one more thing I wanted to talk to you about, last before we get to our our special guest. And then one, once we speak to our special guest, I've got a got another list of things I want to run through with you as well before we wrap up. So Majuk Deng injured his knee. He'd been, I think, this is his best season of his NBL career so far. It, it was a shame, but he's also playing a big role on the team. So, firstly, what do you think the injury means for him personally, and also, what does the team do to make sure that his his absence isn't isn't too damaging?
1: Well, it's it's obviously going to be a huge hole to fill for the Titans. Just finding those players that can fill that role. Obviously, Fab Chris Levic plays multiple positions, uh, to fill fill gaps and things at the three, four, and five. Uh, Nate Jowis uh had some uh had some quality minutes. I felt uh, even though it's uh you know even around the ten to twelve minute mark uh, minutes of play, um, you know playing time. So he he he's going to have to step up a bit. Uh, and fill that sort of that hole, and then uh, other players are going to have to probably play out of position. You you spoke about Jordan Nartoy, uh possibly filling a position that's not normally his—a a three or a mm-hmm. four—just uh, holding it down. He's a physical uh, player. I think he's strong enough. He's obviously going to be undersized, yeah. like uh, giving up some height advantage, but he might have to fill uh, a bit of a role. Maybe the top ends go small ball. Um, and put Oliver at the five and, and rotate the, the hot hand through the three and four position. So if Jordan's feeling it, I'm I'm probably leaving him out there as a, a stretch the floor kind of guy. If Fab's hitting threes, then he gets the nod and, and will earn himself some more minutes. Um, so we've seen actually Mike Kelly um, not be too bashful about giving some of these uh, Bench players, some minutes. I mean, Fab Chris Levick, uh, in that Melbourne game, 23 minutes. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. with Den going down. But, you know, I thought he had a good contribution of six points. He played well. Um, I mean,
0: look at his numbers. Six points, eight rebounds, two assists. That's, yeah, that's eight, pretty
1: handy. And the big one, eight boards. I mean, he's, he's yep. plus minus uh, at... Uh, uh minus four i mean most you know apart from losing a game that's probably going to going to happen but uh still felt like a pretty big contribution yeah. uh from him and uh that you know that that'll give him confidence uh him personally uh to to be able to put a good foot forward and also mike kelly to give him the confidence to rotate um, and get those big, big bodies through uh, in Deng's absence. Uh, but um, look, for, for Majok Deng, from what I can gather, it's the first major injury that he's had in his career. Um, mm-hmm. n- not a whole lot of meat on the on the bones where he's going to get <laughs> no. wear and tear injuries, I don't think, um, you know, in terms of uh, overload type of thing. So he's a pretty light yeah. player, but this might come as a, obviously a, it would be a shock to him. Uh, as any player that hasn't had a big injury before so he's going to have to go through a learning process with how to handle this and, and when to come back and when what to push through so um, with that I've you know from what I can gather he's uh, you know consummate sort of professional uh, about his approach and uh, you know he'll he'll attack this with due diligence and I think with uh, once again help from when the lads at the Cairns Turtle Physio, they'll be able to form that good plan. Uh, but it, it's a it's a tricky one. A six week one is is no small injury by any stretch. You know, mm. you you can have your ankle tweak. You know, one to two weeks, and you sort of okay. You get used to what it feels like to play on a sore ankle. That's fine. But when it's a, an MGL uh, slight tear in that that knee or whatever it is. Um, it's going to take a bit of uh, restraint, if anything, just to um, handle that recovery process correctly. Uh, but I certainly have no doubt. I wonder if he comes out of the bubble and just starts the rehab now back in Cairns, waiting for the guys to... I was going
0: to ask you that. I was, I was wondering the same thing oh, if he comes back to I'd Cairns. I'd
1: say it's bubble. a pretty high chance if he's not back here already in Cairns. Um, mm. That would make sense to get on the uh, the, the anti-gravity treadmill um, when it's when it's time uh, and uh, just you know watch the games and cheer the boys on from afar so um you know that's 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 what they have available to them um you know the, that recovery process i'm sure Tom will put him on a plan um, and uh, get rolling that way but uh, no we certainly wish him a speedy recovery and like you said he is he was playing the best the best ball of his career uh, and had opportunity uh, and was delivering um you know he had that one game where they Coach Kelly started him on the bench as he was trying different rotations. Uh, that didn't really go down well for Majok. He didn't really like that at all, so he came back firing and lit a fire under his camp. So he was uh, he was pumped to come out of that little situation yeah. and stamp his authority back on that starting five. But um, look, he, he's a handy player. I remember that one game in, in Cairns, just springs in his knees, just uh, throwing down all sorts of angry dunks too and then mm-hmm. flexing at the... Uh, the Sudanese uh, players on the on the bench, That's right. so uh, you know on, on the opposing team. So he gets fired up, and I think that might like have been a, how, Yeah, how yeah. Earlier. Unfortunately, they were twenty point losses, but he was still flexing <laughs> on him. <them. laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. it was great to see that that rivalry go. Um, mm. You know those those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a big big sort of uh, you know hurdle for the Taipans to overcome, uh, and I'm sure just the way that they've had to fill uh, the gaps they seem like a team that's ready to step up I mean p- players that have their opportunity they're ready to step up Jordan Nartai got his uh, opportunity a few weeks ago and he's shown some really promising signs so he's been stepping up um, you know Noy and um, you know the, those players where we've said they're not getting to the rack enough they're shooting too many three-point attempts they've started to to switch that around um and find that balance so players are, are capable players are there they just they've got their opportunity now that's the thing with Deng out there's opportunity there and players got to be ready to roll and i think um i think that the mindset the way scotty machado said boys are we for real let's do this i think they're they're inspired uh enough to make that call for themselves and and um you know put their put their best foot forward now
0: Let's move on to our special guest of this week. Thanks to Stadden's Plumbing Company, Laos. Now, this guy is a former teammate of yours at the Titans, and I've loved him as a player. He played with great energy. He was quick. He he liked to, to attack, and he was a great defender. Unfortunately, his career is probably cut a little bit short through a knee injury. But gee, he's remained a, a fantastic part of basketball in Cairns. He's now embarking on a coaching career, and I I think he, without question, has a has a head coaching future whether it's WNBL or NBL, not too far away. He was part of the Boomer set-up in town last week against the Tall Blacks for the the Asia Cup qualifying game. Of course, I'm talking about Kerry Williams. What can you tell me about your time with him as a a teammate, Lowes, in your early days?
1: Well, let's let's start right there with the Boomers' call-up. That's a that is a massive coup for for any aspiring coach, uh, a, a, albeit a junior a junior Boomers team coming to town. Uh, you know, under Adam Caporn there from the the, the uh, Center of Excellence, the team coming up, and the assistant coaches. It's always a it's always a uh an aspiration of all coaches to to be able to do some work with the Boomers. So. Right now, as of as of last weekend, Kerry Williams is a boomers assistant coach and and it's just an yep. awesome thing. Uh great for great for him as a as a former player moving into that role as coaching. Great for him for for the indigenous um Absolutely. community as well. Um, you know, just a huge coup for for that. Um and the basketball program going on through the indigenous community. Um now i'll rewind so my first year here at the at the Pans, at 2010, 2011 ends twenty ten twenty eleven Kerry williams uh in the sort of the peak of his career uh, uh mm. you know on on the squad and he was uh he was a great player like he he had a nice little a nice little game and he wouldn't he wouldn't be speaking he wouldn't say much like loud or anything like that it wasn't a vocal kind of play he let his game do the talking yeah. and often you'd get like you just get eye contact with him you know talking about um, you know, hey, let's let's check out a backdoor play here, or you know, we'd be talking constantly, and he'd just understand the game. He'd read the game really well, uh, and he unfortunately had that ACL injury uh, mm. in in my first year there, and so we just couldn't get rolling um, for for that sort of season with with him in in the mix. Um, but uh, just just a talent and a just a natural nouse uh, for the game, and obviously he's come up through um, the uh, uh, with the Marlins. And all the juniors of of course at Cairns basketball into the Marlins. The seniors won, you know, the championship with the Marlins, uh, and then getting his um, you know, getting his chance with the Taipans. And I oh, I just thought he was a a great addition to to the club and, and great for the community as well so it, it ticked so many boxes and now of course he's been um in the uh, administration side with the club and parallel with that been coaching uh in an exponential kind of a, a ways um really stepped up in the coaching environment for uh, the reps um for uh, you know in Queensland as well yep. and um so just just gradually putting in the time putting in the work putting in the hours um, and a lot of ours uh, and that 's mm. that 's not just um coaching the reps side of things, and um you know at Cairns basketball it 's also the indigenous program up in the cape and uh through through government uh sort of funding as well is able to get to more places uh under the the taipans banner as well so uh, there 's a lot of groundwork that people don 't see and i think I think that 's what you know it should it's pro- it possibly comes as a surprise oh wow coach you know Kerry Williams is now with the boomers, but for everyone that sees his day-to-day work and everyone sees that that what he does it probably doesn't come as a surprise but still it's an it's an awesome thing that to see that progression and for him to get the nod uh, to represent uh, Australia as the assistant coach uh, for the Boomers so um, just just an an awesome thing and then obviously the game to be in Cairns of course uh, exciting thing you you obviously were all over the game and covered that one uh, under coach Adam Caporn, able to speak with him before the game, what what were your thoughts uh, for that game and for Kerry Williams to be a part of the squad?
0: Firstly, for Kerry, it's fantastic just to just to show how far he's come. And I mean, above everything else, he's an incredible role model for the Indigenous community. And to show that not only can he be a player, but he's now thought of as one of the best coaches in the country. I think it's it's enormous. I don't think we can undersell just the importance of that and what and what it does for. Every young Indigenous kid that now wants to play basketball knows that there's no limit on how far they can, they can go. So I think that, that's the first thing that stands out to me. But um, as far as the Boomers, I think in a, in a difficult situation where you knew none of the NBL players would be available, I think this was the absolute best way to go about it. You've got, got a bunch of, a bunch of kids playing who have all, for the most part, been working together for the last year without getting to play a game. They've just been training at the Centre of Excellence in Canberra and, and just playing against themselves so they were craving a competitive game so this was a the best case scenario and it also meant that they had some chemistry together so I think I think that helped as as well yeah. and as yeah. Adam Caporn talked about they're planning for the Paris Olympic Games in 2024 must be now yeah. now Laos um, so they're expecting some of these guys to be playing for the Boomers in the next Olympic Games so that's almost the start of that process so, some of the things we saw we'll without question see some of the guys that played in the NBA one day. We'll see them playing for the, the full Olympic Boomers team. So um for a game that potentially meant nothing, in the end it I think was a, a really worthwhile exercise.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's never a time where, you know, a boomers game or a boomers call-up doesn't mean anything. Like this there's always eyes watching, there's always um, you know, coaches keeping tabs of players and assistant coaches uh, and the work that they're doing. And um, sometimes, you know, a coach just likes to have that Familiar voice, that familiar face around the the lads that you know adds to the team chemistry and Kerry Williams can certainly bring that um, adam Caporn's doing a, a huge effort uh, and a huge role for uh, for basketball, at that center of excellence uh, a lot of a lot of big names that you were seeing in the in the next stars program this year, Josh giddy, um, you know even Justinian Jessup, and all those kind of guys mojave king they 're all coming from the the tutelage of of Adam Caporn down at the center of excellence so um, yeah, it, it was just exciting to see that game come to Cairns, obviously. But those young players, some of them have got experience with NBL clubs already. Um, I think it was... Yep. Is it... Matt Kenyon, he, he spent yep. a couple of years with the Bullets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Kenyon, a couple of years with the Bullets already. So, you know, he's had a taste of, um, you know, the, the grown man's league <laughs> as well. Mm. So yeah, these players are getting experience. So it's certainly no, um, you know, no easy feat to make it into a boomer squad. Um, and certainly uh, even harder to stay there. But for these young guys, it's great to see some talent out on the floor. And, and like you said, they, they just couldn't wait to, to verse someone else. And it just exactly. happened to be Mika Vicona and his uh, <laughs> in his team of Australian uh, residing New Zealand uh, locals.
0: I'm glad you brought up Mika. You, you mentioned grown men and I'll, that was going to be my segue to bring up Mika. But after our chat with Kerry Williams, I've got a question I want to ask you about, about Mika. But for now, thanks to Stadden's Plumbing Company, Let's get to Kerry Williams. Okay, back here on Talking Taipans, and great pleasure to be joined by a former, former star of the Taipans, Kerry Williams. He's now doing great things, as we have already talked about, on the show, Laos, with, with his coaching. Um, Kerry, how do we find you this week, and, and what was last week like, being involved in, in the Boomer setup?
2: It's always an honour to represent your country, and obviously, you know, it was, uh, like I said, uh, leading up to it I was pretty shocked to get the call but um, uh, very proud and honored to do it so um, the week was unbelievable uh, we had some former boomers call in and get the guys uh, get some the experience and, and tell what it means to, to wear those colors and to represent your country um, and then for me personally it was just to sit down and have conversations with Adam Capone and mm. Gordon McLeod and uh, Jason Smith uh, just to have conversations with them about the game and into uh, some of their experiences um, playing and coaching.
0: I mean, it, it really doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I spoke to Adam Caporn about this last week. Once you're, once you're a Boomers coach, you're a Boomers coach for life. And it's the same for you. Now that you've been involved in the Boomers as a coach, it, it's something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. You must be, must be really proud of, of how far you've come in such a short time already as a coach.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think um I think I uh, I think blessed is the word, uh, mm. fortunate. Um yeah, it's 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 been it's been a unbelievable ride and um I guess I guess, you know, having that on my I guess I can add it to my resume now and Absolutely. um but the but the key thing is that I've been looking at is how do I how do I stay involved with at that level and um you know and keep my name uh, floating around so that when things like that pop up, I do get
0: those opportunities. Mm. The thing I love that, that you've done already with your coaching is that you've coached men and women now already. You obviously have been coaching at the Dolphins. You've you've coached the coached the, the 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 Queensland State team, and now obviously getting involved with men as well. I mean, it just opens so many opportunities up, doesn't it? I mean, there's no reason why you know moving forward you couldn't work in the NBL, the WNBL, um, you know, either NBL one competition, whether it's the men or women. I mean by being involved in both it just opens up so many opportunities is that something that you've you've sort of made sure that you've you've kept a focus
2: Yeah, I guess I guess for me um you know I started off coaching boys um and that was because Aaron Fern made me do it <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> He he made <laughs> me coach uh, his son's Fern, Under 18 team which had Tammy weakness in it uh so he put me in charge of that um so that's where I where I started, um, but I guess for here in Cairns, um, I felt there was a um, just a shortage of pathways for the girls and the women's side of basketball. Uh, so I felt like it, it was, you know, the girls need more opportunities and more um, more exposure, I yeah. guess. Um, so that's where I, where I'm at right now is trying to build the, the girls' side of basketball up here in Cairns. Um, and I guess being ahead of the head of the Dolphins makes me. Sort of makes me head of the women's program, the girls'
0: program, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing that I find inspirational about what you're doing as well is that you're, as a role model for the Indigenous community as well, we just haven't seen many many coaches that are from an Indigenous background in basketball at all. To me, for you to be able to now set that trend and to, to show what's possible, I think it's really, it's really something pretty special too. Is that something that means a lot to you as well?
2: Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah. You know, with if my, if my job with Type N's, you know, that's my my uh, to teach kids about opportunities mm. and, and healthy lifestyles and the importance of education. So, you know, for them just to see another aspect of of the sport, and not just about being a, a sports star. Who you know, you can be a coach, um, you know, a, a doctor, or a physio. They're all they're all all part of the sporting sporting world. So. Um, you know, it's good to good to um, uh, show show the show the, show the young business youth
0: that. I remember talking to you last year as well when we were leading up to the NBL's Indigenous Round, and we talked about how far things are things have come, and it's it's so good now that that recognition is there. But and we talked about Paddy Mills at the time. The things that Paddy's now doing and starting up, it's and and I know that you're involved in a lot of that with him as well. It's 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 probably taken somebody like Paddy to to lead it, but things have just come so far, haven't they?
2: Yeah, you know, Paddy's done some great things. You know, he's he's using his profile for the positive, mm-hmm. and and obviously, um, you know, his league that he started around the country is is really taking off. So, um, hopefully, we can see a lot more a lot more Paddy Mills, and obviously Nathan Jowise as well. Um, in the sport um, you know on the boys side and then you got you know Lelani Mitchell and oh. Ali Wilson and um, you know those types that are, that are doing some good t- good things on the women's side so
0: you mentioned Tamari Wigness as, as well obviously you coached him when he was a, a young boy um, it's great to see him now in the NBL unfortunately not at the tight hands but it doesn't matter where he's playing it's just great to see him playing professional basketball
2: yeah it's unbelievable he's come a long way he's He's matured a lot and obviously growing as a young man. And, um, you know, I hope to see him get more opportunities, more, more playing opportunities with the boards. And I think he's going to be a big part of their, their puzzle moving forward. Um, but it's great to see him there. And, you know, just like I, I keep saying, um, everybody that's played professionally in the NBL or even the NBA have, have got got a connection to the North. Yeah, You know, the 2 Cedar boys are from Townsville. Um, Tyson, DeMoss' family yeah. from up here in Townsville. Um, you know, Timmy Duggan played here in Cairns. And spent a lot of time with the Marlins. Um, you know, Nate, obviously Nate. Michael Denny Morshu. So, yeah, pretty much. And Debra George, you know, in the list goes on. Like they're all, yeah. We're all connected to the North.
0: Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned before, you're still involved in the Taipans as well. Obviously, you keep a close eye on the way things are going. How have you... Have you seen the start to this season so far, and what have you made of the NBL Cup? Sort of a week into it.
2: Um, yeah, with the club, it's been, obviously the results haven't been the greatest, and mm. you know it's tough to watch. But I think the boys are right there. Um, you know, just a couple of uh, defensive errors in the end that, that hurt us, and um, obviously the, there's a lot of a lot of talent around the league. Um, you know, so. The games, is, well, is it's only little stretches that can lose you the game. Um, but you know, there's positive signs there. I think, I think Mike's Mike's got to do the right job, and hopefully, can get them playing the right way and, and get us on a winning streak. Mm. Um, and with the NBL Cup, yeah, it's, it's great. Like it's you know, with things happening around the country, it's <laughs> it's, it's good to see a lot of basketball players play, play basketball instead of sitting and waiting and hoping that something happens or something. Doesn't happen, so I think that the NBA Cup is a great, uh, is a, is a is a good idea, and um, and it's good for it's good for the sport.
0: Absolutely. Um, a lot of our listeners, obviously, Taipans fans, will remember your playing career fondly. 105 games you played played with the Taipans. Um, it's, it probably feels like a long time ago now. It's almost a a decade ago that you had to retire with that knee injury. But how do you reflect back on your your basketball career when you, you think about
2: it? Uh, yeah, no regrets. Mm. Um, obviously, I enjoyed it. Um, I was, you know, starting my first contract here in Cairns and playing in front of my family. Um, my first pro game was, was a you know, a great experience. Um, you know, obviously, spending time with my teammates, that's probably the one thing I miss the most now is hanging out with your teammates every day and, um, you know, it's like it's the lucky like family and mm-hmm. you know, don't don't get to see, you know, the Aaron Gabros and Dwayne Vales and uh and Dusty Rychart every day now. It's mm-hmm. sort of just the and the Matty Smiths and so we just it's a text every now and then and see how you're going but now we got our own own uh, families and, and lives and that's probably the most uh the most I miss about the game is just hanging out with teammates and friends and, but uh I guess also too just just being there, yeah. just being in the NBL, you know, like uh, you, you, it's something that you know it's a top league in Australia and now it's recognised worldwide mm-hmm. as a top league. And uh, to say that I played there and you know played a, a few games there was hopefully hopefully my kids will see that. And yeah. I got two boys that uh, my big boy plays, older son plays basketball, but. Doesn't believe I know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> hopefully later in his track, he gets to you know, see some some sort of highlight or mm. something on his place. So he believes
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you did have plenty of highlights. I, I remember your, you know watching a, your career career fondly. Um, now you speak of former teammates. One of those is obviously Alex Loudon. He's my co-host here on the show. Um, yeah, he's he's spoken very highly of you. Um, that doesn't mean you have to do the same because he's got <laughs> he, he's got plenty of time on this show to talk about himself and to remind us all how how good he thinks he was. Um, (laughs) Tell us something we might not know about, about old old Laos. Old Laos.
2: Laos is a quick guy. Uh, (laughs) uh, Laos is a good value. Uh, When I did my knee, he was probably one of the guys that reached out. He actually sent me this email to say, you know, stuff that I had to do to make sure that I get back to where I was uh, and to stay focused. So, um, and obviously, Lousy, you know, changed to, changed to what it was back when he was playing with Perth and, mm. and those things. Um, he had to take on a leadership role, um, which I don't think was a natural thing for him. But, you know, he grew into that role and obviously led our club to, to some finals. And, you know, he was... I think that's a, a merit in itself, just him changing his game to become a leader is something that, um, you know, plays... Struggled to do and he did it and obviously have that club Um, and have that club be successful So But yeah, Lousy has a lot of road trips And, uh, you know, Lousy loves to Play games and yep. loves his videos And so he's probably got a He's probably got a, um, a hard drive there somewhere With stuff that probably can't see So he's probably got the stuff on himself so. Uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not surprised to find out that he he's got a podcast now either, are you?
2: Nah, nah, nah. He's a he's a shaker and a mover, and <laughs> he uh, he's a great great talker, and so no, nah, good to see.
0: No, very good. That's, that's probably enough about him. He doesn't need us talking about him too much more. <laughs> but, but, but no, I don't think he does. <laughs> but great to catch up again, Kerry. And I'm sure all of the Taipans fans of will enjoy hearing from you again, and we'll make sure we stay in touch. But. But for now, thanks very much for joining us here on Talking Taipans.
2: No, thank you. Thanks,
0: Pikey. All right, thanks very much for Kerry Williams for giving up his time to join us here on the Pikey and Laos Show. He's just a fantastic role model for so many people, and it was great for him to give up his time here on Talking Taipans. I hope you all enjoyed his insights. Now, as I promised, Laos, before we went to Kerry, I wanted to ask you about Mika Vakona. Um, It was fantastic to get to see him play once more. But unfortunately, it will be the last time we get to see him in a tall black singlet. And we've already seen him play the last of his four hundred and seventy-six NBL games. You played, yeah. you played a hell of a lot of games against him in that in that four spot. Um, he to me, he's the he's the greatest warrior I've ever seen play on the basketball court. And I've I've said it for the last fifteen years. He's my favorite play that I've watched in the NBL. And to get to know him, it's been an incredible thing because he's such a. He's such a warrior on the court, but he's such a gentleman off the court. Um, I know he never played for the Taipans. He spent plenty of time playing against the Taipans. Yeah. What was he like to play against, and what do you think now that his career, you know, at that top level has now officially come to an end?
1: Well, obviously, he was, a, you know, a massive thorn in my side. Um, mm. You know, he's so strong and, you know, being undersized a bit small, he just had such a low, strong base. Uh, surely he was... He was better off playing rugby league or something like that with his physical <laughs> strength but in basketball would have for the all blacks wouldn't he yeah, yeah many players have played tall blacks and all blacks uh <laughs> in their same sort of career but um, no, he's so hard to move. Uh, so you know, very, very talented, very uh, you know athletic, and and just a, a a true leader for any of his squads. And I think even um, uh, Steve Adams in the NBA looked up to Micah Vacone the way he played when Steve Adams, as a seven footer, you know, absolute you know powerhouse in the NBA. You know, he's looking up to uh Mika Vekona as a junior going, Man, I wanna play like that guy. Like that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big um, you know, uh, boost when you when you hear a name like that. Um, you know, give you that vote of confidence. So I mean Micah Vicona or as um, some of the Taipans fans uh, mistakenly called him um Vicka Makona, like a, as in the, <laughs> the Makona coffee. I thought that was funny. They go, "Oh, we miss we miss Vicka. Where is Vicka McCona? I haven't seen him." I was like, "Guys, it's uh, it's Mika, it's Mika Vickona. Um But uh, you know, he's ripped out our Taipans' hearts a couple of times. Uh, he's won he's won enough championships, so he, he's done it all, uh, and Five he's them, uh, yeah. rightly uh, you know rightly deserved all the success that he's had in 476 games. And, and with those New Zealand, uh, those Tall Black tours, like those guys would actually. They'd all come together to camp, and then they'd like uh, to to the training camp, and then they'd often be um, uh, they'd often fly earlier to a, a destination or whatever, and and still be training. So, as a as a group, as a team, they were actually together for like a month and a half sometimes, um, just to you know, in terms of building team chemistry and getting ready for a tournament. Like the the just the way they did things uh, is is such a huge commitment, and so many. More extra trainings and games that went into uh, getting ready for those tournaments, so with you know not as many players to choose from, not as big a um, player pool, they still punched above their weight. And uh, when guys like Mika Vicona came into the squad, it just it, it just elevated them to uh, you know uh, basically representing a country that had fifty million, not you know not four and a half million. Uh, so you know it just hats off to to what Mika has been able to achieve in his career. Uh, I didn't realize it was four hundred and seventy six games that you just said. Then mm. um, just. Uh, yeah, re- really impressive. Uh, but yeah, certainly, uh, you know, he's decided to to call it time and um, you know move on to uh, move on to his next phase of life. And certainly wish him all the best. But he's a family man. He's a team. He's a leader, a true leader. Uh, and I certainly, the tall blacks will miss him. Uh, and certainly, his NBL clubs uh, will all, all speak very highly of um, you know his time with them. So uh, you know, we wish him all the best.
0: Yeah, very well said, I. I hope at some stage he gets to hear that because I think he need he's such a humble man, but I think he deserves to hear just how highly people people think of him because I I think he's played it down his whole career and this is a chance for him to actually realise just how much he meant to basketball in in Australia and New Zealand.
1: This episode of the Pikey and Lauz Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company, Plumbers Who Care.
0: But we're we here to talk talk about the Taipans Lao's. We're we're talking Taipans. It's the Pike and Lao's show, and we've got two huge games in the next week of the NBL Cup to look forward to for the Taipans. It starts Friday night, and it's a a fascinating game. I can't wait for this one. It's the rematch of the semifinals. I can't wait for Scott Machado against Bryce Cotton. I can't wait for Cam Oliver against John Mooney, and I can't wait for the Taipans against the Wildcats.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that that rematch. From last year, there's certainly um the not the Taipans aren't getting over that taste, that sour taste in their mouth that uh, you know, that that team that won that semi-final was was destined for greatness, uh and unfortunately ended up being the Wildcats. Um but uh I bet the Taipans the can't wait to uh you know roll the ball out and uh, get, get rolling in their newfound sort of um, uh, way they're approaching games. that They'd like to just unleash and kind of find that groove that they're, they're, they're looking for. But I think they're, they're getting on the right track. So that'll be an exciting one on Friday night. Um, it should be an absolute cracker.
0: How do they get the job done? Clearly, you can't let Bryce Cotton and John Mooney go for 60 points like they did a couple of days ago.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you you almost concede Bryce Cotton's going to do Bryce Cotton such things. So it comes down to uh, limiting those hustle plays from a from a Mooney. Uh, you know, guys getting on the on the on those loose balls on the floor and just demanding that that they own the rock. Uh, it's so it's that it's that uh, concerted effort, that full buy in, that put your body on the line type of defense. Um, that kind of thing that's really gonna you know make everything else tough because I mean Bryce Cotton's pretty talented. I'm not saying you know you let him go for forty, but you make mm. it you make him earn his twenty five points. Uh, mm. He's yeah. he's pretty tough, like he's an absolute assassin. But you know everyone else on that squad, um, you know I I think the tight ends match up quite well, if not better, uh, to be able yeah. to you know put the clamps down where they need to. So it's everyone to a man having 100% concentration where at the moment that they're on the floor, that they can get the job done. Otherwise, Coach Hill is going to have to rotate the next guy in and, and demand a combination of five players that can get it done.
0: Now, when you're talking to the media and you're asked about a rematch the next season from the finals the year before, you, you always play down and you always say, you know, that doesn't mean anything... You know, this is a new oh, season.
1: Oh, but it does, Pikey. It well, yeah, does. It always what, what's the, what's does. The, what's the reality? I don't care how long it's been. I don't care what kind <laughs> of break. It always <laughs> does. that. You know, that sour taste comes back oh who we got next on the schedule let me check the pages all the all the wildcats and then you start going oh yeah the wildcats that's it that's right they they stole something from us and you know like they stole our bike you're like when you're a kid if someone stole your bike that's probably the worst thing that can ever happen you're like i'm going to go back and take back what is mine so that'll be the juices flowing for those guys and certainly with with um you know, Majok Deng out, and then they can rally almost around that and say, "Look, this is this mm-hmm. for Deng. This is for all of us." You know, like, you know, he can't be here on the battleground. We've got to cover him as well. Let's let's band together. So, uh, you know, I'd really like to see that um, that extra physicality come out. Just a bit more spice on those box outs when Mooney thinks he's just gonna, you know, stumble in and get his uh, put back dunk on a on a missed three mm-hmm. ball that he shot. Uh, you'd like to think that the the players, the the Taipans, are going to be on it. Uh, and, you know, this is a retribution now, 100%. Make make no mistake about it.
0: And then only two days later, it's a backup game against the Brisbane Bullets. And and to me, no matter what happens on Friday, this is the sort of game that the Taipans have to win. It's a team around the same record. If they're going to make a run for it, this is the sort of game they just can't afford to drop, I don't think.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, this this... Double header, basically, this two-day sort of double header. Um, is it another situation where you're happy with the split? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like this is this is the one where it'd be great just to lock away two solid wins, mm-hmm. knowing that you've been building momentum those last two games. Uh, it would just be a big boost, big boost for the for the camp. You know, being in this sort of quarantini, um, you know, NBL Cup sort of situation. Um, so yeah, look looking for, you know, a, a big sort of a big performance I guess against Brisbane. Uh, hopefully they can they can keep Soby at bay with this uh, sort of transition game and then obviously um you know, just writing that that wrong, that last play and that overtime effort, um, mm-hmm. you know, where uh law got to the rack. Uh yeah. all teams gotta be buying and, and obviously Noi's gonna have an extra uh motivation to uh you know lock down on that game as well.
0: Okay, so we look forward to those two games over the next three days. But I've enjoyed catching up with you again, Laos, for the and Laos Show. This has been a jam-packed show. There's been plenty of ground to cover. Um, thank you for joining me once again. I'll sign off and, and leave you to have, have the final word once again.
1: Look, don't lose touch with the Thai bands. Even though they're down in Melbourne, this is the time where the Orange Army's got to band together and lock into these games. Support the lads. Uh, And let's let's bring them home throughout this NBL Cup and then we'll see them again uh, in a couple weeks' time.